In today's episode of the Iman Wire podcast. Spending time with the Quran, you get to know Allah. Because it's Allah who is Allah speaking to us. Therefore, the more you spend time with the Quran, you are spending time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking to him, and he talking to you. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Iman Wire podcast. Salim here. And joining me today is my co-host Shadi Imam. Assalamu alaikum Salim. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good to be back. Yeah, mashallah. It's been a little I while. I know. It's been a while. Last time we had you on, we were talking about um, uh, with the Dr. Yunus Mirza That's about right. Hajj and, uh, and the, the story of Ismail. And it's kind of apropos for our guest today because we're going to continue sort of talking about the Quran. I'd like to welcome our very special guest, Imam Muhammad Majid. Assalamu alaikum, Shaykh. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Allah bless both of you. You know, we talk a lot about connecting with the Quran. And we talk a lot about, you know, certainly we, we understand that there's uh, learning, obviously Arabic is, is a big part of it, or, but I think there's other elements um, that would be interesting to hear for you, Sheikh, that you um, could give us an advice about um, other things that can help in connecting with the Quran. And, and um, I'll let you take it from there, Sheikh. Yeah, no, Salim, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Sheikh Majid, mashallah, we've been blessed to um, study with you in, in, in your circles. I know one of my earliest memories when I graduated from college was coming, sitting in your halaqas in, uh, at the Adam Center. And you, you had a very keen focus on making sure that people understood the Quran. And I remember asking you about this you know, many, many years ago. And you said, look, without knowledge of the Quran, we're lost. Um, I, I've noticed even whether it's in my own life, Salim, I'm sure you've noticed in yours as well and uh, those of the people around us that there are times in our life where that's difficult and maybe there's some intellectual barriers or some spiritual barriers um, in terms of connecting with the with the book of Allah So really just wanted to see if you have advice for us in terms of how we can, you know, not just connect one time but continue that connection over and over again um, to make sure that we're connected. And, and is that important? Or is there, are there other things that we should be doing as well um, to come closer to Allah Azza wa Jal? Thank you for inviting me to, uh, to share some of the thoughts and ideas about reflecting and contemplating in the Quran. You know, uh, one of the, I think, the key to, uh, to have relationship with the Quran is to seek relationship with Allah. If somebody asks you, um, how do you know so-and-so? Uh, you say, well, I really want to spend time with him. The first thing you say, I want to spend some time with this person to get to know them. You spend time with the Quran, you get to know Allah. Because it's Allah who is Allah speaking to us. Therefore, the more you spend time with the Quran, you are spending time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking to him, and he talking to you. Uh, and that's why... Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It guides the believer to what is best. But the Quran, uh, relationship with the Quran uh, has to be, uh, have a clear understanding that you're coming to it for guidance. The purpose of coming to the Quran is to be guided, not for any other purpose. Because the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is guidance to humanity. is guidance for those who are conscious of God, for God-conscious individuals. Therefore, as you come to the Quran seeking guidance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase the guidance of a person. Uh, as they contemplate and reflect in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
والذين اهتدوا زادهم هدى. For those who have been guided, Allah increases them the guidance. Therefore, you seek the first guidance of Usul Huda للناس, you enter the, the room of the Quran. Then, as a mutaqi, a person becomes God conscious, seek more guidance on it, Allah will increase your guidance. The Allah said in the Surah Al-Kahf, We increase them in guidance. For a person have to interact with that purpose. The other uh, aspect of this is... Um, is the, the relationship with the with the with the Quran is it cannot be a contemporary a temporary sorry temporary relationship like when a person dies and you read the Quran you know uh, occasion I call it the occasion Quran Quran meant to be a book for life for every aspect of our life for a person have to uh, connect with you every day practical things practical aspect of this. We should not overwhelm people to think them they have to read the whole juice of Quran every day. If they contemplate in half a page, half a page only, uh, whether that in the lunch hour, whether that in the morning, whether that in the evening, will do a lot to them. Even if you contemplate in one page a week, it's better than nothing. Therefore, a person have to start with something that can maintain, something that is small, and be able to be consistent with it. You know, uh, people have this, uh, the Christian have something called Bible study every week. They study the Bible. And sometimes they have a group of people doing Bible studies. Muslims should be serious about the Quran and do Quranic studies. Whether they study with their neighbors, or they choose members of their community from the they go to masjid with, and in in the local neighborhood they have Quranic studies, or a person they do their own Quranic studies. They eat more than one tafsir, more than one uh, uh, translation. Write your notes. Relate the Quran in your personal life. Ask questions to the Quran. And seek guidance from a local scholar. Ask somebody. Because I don't want a person to start becoming a scholar of tafsir and then have a Facebook and says, but this is my interpretation of the Quran and, you know, and then my own YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) And then over a sudden we created something that, oh my God. (laughs) But we have to be careful of that kind of uh, uh, direction. But the person really have to seek, uh, you know, the words of Allah, to seek the wisdom of the Quran by coming to it with a humble heart. And humility, it is one of the most important key for knowledge. You come to Quran with a humble heart. Don't read the Quran um, with preconceived ideas, notions, like, uh, I'm going to read the Quran to see if Luther is halal, and, uh, you know, Quran is going to say Luther Haram, but don't try to force your idea, preconceived idea, in the Quran to go with your hawa, with your desire. Because you desire something and you want to look for a reason to do it. Don't do that. Come to it with submission. Whatever Allah says, then you're going to accept. You know, if I can just kind of double click on something you mentioned, um, I think it's many people kind of find themselves difficult to engage. 
with the Quran at a just personal level. But something you just mentioned, which I think is really important, it's, you have Bible studies that are communal, mm -hmm. right? They're neighborhoods, uh, sometimes like-minded individuals, people in the same stage of life, they come together to mm -hmm. study the Bible. Uh, what what do you think about, you know, is that, I, I've, I've, I feel as if we, if we develop these types of communities around the Quran, right, um, where it becomes something that it's it's not just an individual exercise of contemplation, but one that's communal, where you have a number of people together. Uh, I think there's a certain amount to which we're social beings, and that would really encourage us. Because it's it's difficult to do it every night and say, okay, I'm, I'm in, alone in my room and I'm going to contemplate. And, you know, you'll be tired sometimes. You know, life will take over. Kids will take over. This will happen. That will happen. And you can uh, you can go a few nights without that having happened. So um, I just want you to kind of maybe expound on that a little bit, the, the communal aspect of studying the Quran, and, and maybe share some of your own experiences from your childhood. Yeah, you know, many people learn Tajweed and recite the Quran in Muslim countries through the halaqa in the masjid after Fajr. There's a halaqa there, there's a sheikh teaching Tajweed, Quran, and people come to it and do the khatm al-Quran, uh, you know, every month they do khatm al-Quran. In Morocco, there's something very interesting that they do it uh, in the morning and the evening and half jizu and a whole jizu, but they read it together. And some people become hufaz of the Quran from just this communal recitation of Quran. Yeah, it's amazing. Become hufaz because they've been for 30 years, 20 years doing the same thing. Become bless them with the Mus'haf, the whole Quran. Therefore, it is true that you need to have. Quranic buddies, <laughs> you know, people somebody encourage the Quran and have somebody to get you excited about reading the Quran, contemplating the Quran. I remember that we had a, a, a group of brothers decided at the Adam Center to contemplate a Quranic concept. And therefore, we had, uh, you know, divided to people deal with the language, people deal with the English translation, comparing the translation, somebody deal with the um, understanding uh, the concept, following the whole concept of the Quran. And when we came and discussed that, it really opened a door for us that to, uh, of the need to need, need to know more. Because it just like you have seen a window into it, and now we get more excited. Then you're going to dig more and do uh, your own contemplation and reflections. But therefore, encouragement uh, of individuals that are around you are crucial and important and essential in helping us to do so, to reflect on the Quran, to study the Quran, to be excited about the Quran. You know, it's um, so one of the things that, you know, uh, excite me about the Quran when I was growing up. We used to have a sheikh would ask you, like, you know, over a sudden, like, you'd be sitting with the dhuhr, and then he said, by the way, do you know the meaning of this word in the Quran? And he said, no, I don't. He said, what are you going to check it out? You go, uh, for, and then you ask him, which surah is this? Sometimes you say, go to, uh, there's a Quranic index. Mu'ajjim uh, al-Fadal Quran. He said, go and check it. Look, go find which surah is that? Or sometimes you tell you the surah. You go and you start researching it. 
you feel so good that you unlock a meaning of a word and a verse in the Quran that you never understood before, you want to have more. I'll give you an example. Like he would say, uh, which ayah Allah mentions, mention, I will use the word Arabic and then it's in English, mouse. Mouse is a word for what? Banana. And you go and look the Quran, there's no a single verse has word mouse on it. No single verse has mouse. And you say to yourself, what happened here? You go to him to say, Sheikh, I, I read the, the Quran again, because I said maybe I was missing something. There's no a single verse in the Quran said mouse. Never read it. Been read the Quran many times, memorized most of it. At the time of telling him that, he said, no. By Allah, Allah mentioned Moses in Quran. What do you do? He gave you a surah. He said, go and check on the surah. Give you a hint. Then what do you have to do? You have to read the entire tafsir of the surah until you find the Moses, which is Talh Mandud. Talh Mandud. Talh Mandud is Moses in Quran. And why it's called Talh Mandud? Because it is just like uh, braiding someone's hair. It is most, but being organized in the most beautiful way. It's banana. But the word, the contemporary word on it, it is uh, mouse. People that would use today, mouse. But, but Quran is a very classic word. Uh, For example, uh, he will say, uh, where Allah mentioned pumpkin? Where the verse Allah said pumpkin? which is in Arabic is qara, the contemporary word. We go to grocery store, we buy qara, pumpkin. And we say, okay, Sheikh, we know for sure there's no word qara in the Quran. He said, no, no, there's a qara in the Quran. Then he give you a hint. Go check the surah. Come back. وَانْبَتْنَا عَلَيْهِ شَجَرْتَ مِنْ يَقْطِينَ for Yunus alayhi salam, Allah protected him after he get out of the stomach of the whale. He need to be recovered, put in the recovery room. This person gets from out of intensive care to recovery room. Yaqteen is a, a plant that insect does not come to the, the, the leaves of it. For somebody who's wound, he needs somebody, you know, to be recovered where there's no insect. Therefore, he put, he made the the yaqteen, the the leaves of protected him until he recovered from the stomach of the whale. But yaqteen is pumpkin. Okay, we didn't know that. Therefore, you you start learning vocabulary, things that you recite. Then you said, why am I just reciting Quran? I said many times this yaqteen, and I didn't understand what it is. Then you become more curious. You said, I'm gonna try to unlock this. You know, uh, uh, for example, إنه كان حوباً كبير. حوباً. What is the word حوب? And he said, uh, I don't know. Then you look, and you find that this means great sin. حوباً كبير. Therefore, you need to know the words that you don't know in the Quran, and you ask yourself why I don't know the meaning of those words. Interesting. So you, It's like you he's have... giving you a puzzle. Each, each time yeah. yes. it's like you know solve it rather yeah. than just be okay this is your lesson like this is what you have to learn but he's like he's actually getting you to like piquing your interest 
to yes. be like, okay, well, I'm gonna, it's a very yeah. interactive yeah. study, I would even yeah. say, yes. right? I mean, it, it's the sheikh who's you know giving you homework, but in a way that that's piquing your interest to what you're saying, Salim. But it's a very interactive kind of relationship. Absolutely, and and by the way, in English, you can do that in English. Yeah. Like I have a, a brother who did a wonderful contemplation of the Quran with me in English, the nineteen in the 90s. And he will come with questions. He will read the Quran English translation, Yusuf Ali. And he will ask me, like, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeated Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim in Surah Al-Fatiha? And Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki And I asked him, what do you think is that? And he started reflected and so forth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introducing his majesty through his Rahmah first. Alhamdulillahirrahmanirrahim. The name of Allah, the giver of mercy, the source of mercy, and giver of mercy. Then he said, Alhamdulillah, praise due to the Lord of the universe. That's power. But power was mercy. Power never associated with mercy most of the time. With Allah, his power is always mercy. That's why in the Quran, whenever he mentioned uh, the, uh, an event, where there's a majestic event, is is, is you know uh, a place where there's an awe. <clears throat> he, he introduced himself as a Rahman. People are quiet in deaf judgment; will hear nothing but their footsteps. But they, why, where they stand before him, a Rahman. It's a quiet place. There's a fear. There's hope. There's but Ar-Rahman. In many verses, when all human beings and Malaika, the angel Jibreel alayhi salam were not there to speak. Except whom Ar-Rahman gave permission to. Not Al-Jabbar, not Al-Qawi. He's used Ar-Rahman. For he, this brother said to me, interesting that it's very comforting to know he's Ar-Rahman but he's the whole world in his hand. The whole entire world in his control. But he's a Rahman. Then, he's the master of the day of judgment. But before he said that, he said, Rahman al-Rahim, Maliki Yawmuddin. He's even standing before him in the day of judgment. You remember, he's a Rahman. But it's, it's very important that, even in English, <coughs> excuse me, you can do that contemplation. One of the things, for example, that people can look to Surat al-Kahf. And he read Surah Al-Kahf and divided it to four segments. Every aspect, I, I can give this exercise with you. Okay, the, let me ask you, both of you. Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You, you try it. You, 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 yeah, yeah, no, no, don't hide in your desk. Okay? Because I want to give uh, the audience a practical aspect. What does the four stories in Surah Al-Kahf? What are they? Four stories. Well, first, the Ashab al the, okay. the, the story of the young people. Story of the garden. And the man of two gardens. Two gardens yeah. And the third? Musa, Musa. and Al-Khidr. And the fourth? Dhul Qarnayn. You see, now we just did this exercise that we contemplated as a four stories. <laughs> <laughs> you pass. Four stories. Now, what do you think the first story represents? Talking about what kind of aspect of my life? Being strong in the face of adversity, or, or but but what what segment of people? What kind of type of people we talked about? Youth. Youth. Yeah. 
The first story about youth. Think about it. Most of the people that they don't think about God that much when they're very young. And because you're young, you, you know, actually when I was growing up in Sudan, it's funny that people think that uh, being a Muslim, like uh, getting a you know, retired Muslim, like you commit all the sins, <laughs> and then you're in the 60s, you right, go right, back to Allah, right. you go to Hajj, and then you ask Allah for repentance or Tawbah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, they ask you, like, you're too young for it to be religious, you know, <laughs> have your time on life. They even so that. Now in America, of course, life is short, indulging it, jump into it, <laughs> swim into it, and yeah. so forth, and then wait until you're about to retire to, to collect. Uh, you know, social security, then you think, think the security of Allah. This is too late sometimes. A person can die young. Mm-hmm. People don't think about death when they're young. Therefore, it is it's a source of ghafla. It's a reason for not to be heedless, uh, to be mindful, to be you know, uh, mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People become heedless when they're young. The second story, what do you guess about? The second story. The fitness of wealth of Well, you know, attributing things to yourself. It's about money. It's about money. Exactly. That means money make people uh, distracted, become worshiping the dollar. They're missing their prayer. They have shortcut. They're getting money from illegal means. They cheat on their taxes. They, you know, they call up kind of things because they become so much indulging money. And the third story, what do you think about? Uh, you know, the fitna of. Uh, of of dealing with or dealing with tribulation, seeing things that you don't understand in the world, seeing tragedies, seeing things that uh, you know from an external point of view you don't quite understand. Exactly, which is one of the reasons I love Surah Al-Kaf because it's 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 uh it's amazing that you know that uh, the Prophet Sallallahu recommends to read us every week because it's like telling us that you're going to see things every week. Yeah, I'm going to challenge you, and you're you're not going to understand. And you, this is the reminder. Exactly, but also there's other aspect of that story. You see, the also fit, also knowledge, knowledge, and teacher student. Uh, the, the fitna, people become arrogant because I have degree. I have a PhD, brother. I went to this university. That's so what, you know. Humble yourself. If Allah Subhanahu wa Taala didn't accept from Musa alayhi salam. To say that he's the most knowledgeable man on the face of the earth. And it took him to an education retreat to go to Al Khidr to learn from Al Khidr. Then the the fourth is whom? What's the fourth one? Dilkarnin. Power. Power. Four things can corrupt human beings young, youth, and wealth, wealth, knowledge, power. Uh, yes. We did the, just we did an exercise for the community. MashaAllah, no, this is Jazakumullah Khair Shaykhna. This is really, really nice. Um, you know, one of where do you recommend somebody begins when it comes to tadabbur or contemplation? I'm reminded of an essay that's written by our dear Dr. Uh, Ingrid Matson at the back of the study Quran, where she says oftentimes it's difficult for people to engage with the Quran going cover to cover. Um, and one of the things she recommends is maybe people begin with juz tabarak and juz amma, at least with the, from a translation perspective towards the end, because those are the surahs that that are built for uh, to build one's aqidah uh, and their belief system. Um, but just from your experiences and all of all of uh, what you've seen, you know, where should somebody begin if we want to start the process of tadabbur and, and contemplation? How do you start that process? Surah Al-Fatiha. I think every Muslim should contemplate, reflect, and understand Surah Al-Fatiha 
even if you spend the entire life to study Surah Al-Fatiha, will be sufficient. It is the summary of the Quran, Umm Al-Kitab, the mother of the book. Therefore, I recommend it for every Muslim in the face of the earth, actually, to get to know Surah Al-Fatiha very well. It is not by chance or just uh, haphazard. Astaghfirullah, the Prophet said, you have to recite in every salah. If, you, if something that required for you to recite 17 times, you mention Surah Al-Kaf once a week. If 17 times, there's something there. In this surah, Rasulullah Al called the Shafia, the healer, Al-Kafia, sufficient and suffice uh, the Muslims, I believe it, is sufficient for them. They, if a person has to think why. Because Al-Fatiha had the summary of the entire Quran. Everything else meant to explain really details. Regarding the stories, human beings are three categories. Either an'amta alayhim, you see them in the Quran, which are Nabiyin, or Sadiqin, or Shuhadai, or Salihin, because the Quran says so. That, Walaikum alayhim, an'amallahu alayhim. An'amta alayhim, Quran says, who are they? An'amallahu alayhim, Sadiqin, Nabiyin, or Sadiqin, or Shuhadai, or Salihin. Prophets, righteous people, people dedicate some of the Islam, and so forth. Those are the people that the Quran talks about prophets and righteous individuals. Or maghdub alayhim, people who have rejected the truth. They know the truth, what the truth is and reject it. Allah sent his wrath upon them. Or people went astray in their concept of understanding who God is, commit shirk and so forth. For you read that three categories of people. For all the stories being mentioned there. Uh, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling you in, in the Quran is the consequence of human actions. This is in Surah Al-Fatiha. That is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that either an'am alayhim, so the blessing upon them, was give them Jannah, or maghdub alayhim wa laddalin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have anger and wrath upon them. Or you read on, in, 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 in Surah Al-Fatiha that the purpose of human being in this world is to worship Allah. Then the salah, the zakah, the hajj, and every ahkam rulings in, in Islam involved in this na'bud. Nasta'in all the tawheed. You seek help from Allah. All the tawheed relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala been summarized in that uh, ayah. The concept of akhirah, maliki yawmiddin, it is there. Uh, the whole Islam is about being a straight path. Therefore, just contemplate Surah Al-Fatiha, a person believe in every single verse and word of the surah and contemplate on it. When they recite in, in, in salah, it makes a difference for them. The khushu'ah, uh, have them to think and reflect in their, during their salah. The other then my other advice, see what surah that you like the most. And do that. If you love, fell in love with Surah Al-Kahf, contemplate on Surah Al-Kahf, reflect. If you love with Surah Al-Rahman, contemplate and read the tafsir and reflection Surah Al-Rahman. You know, there is nothing in the Quran that it is not for contemplation and reflections. Shaykh, it might be interesting for our listeners. I mean, if you if you if you're willing to 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 maybe you know certainly when you ask someone about you know what they recommend as a practice or what they do themselves and with their families. You know, obviously, not everybody's going to be able to do that. But as a point of instruction, maybe or to to help people, uh, could you perhaps go through like your weekly or your daily recommendations or what you yourself do or your family does in terms of uh, connecting with the Quran, the recitation, a specific 
uh, maybe specific surahs, specific verses, things like that. Which well, well, one of the things I would like to advise people when you're traveling, especially this is my personal experience. Whether you're in the train, whether you're in the plane, whether you're in the car, take time to listen to Quran. And subhanallah, now you have an app of the Quran being read in Arabic and the English being read to you. Therefore, while you're driving, you hear both the Quran in Arabic and the English translation. And if there's a particular ayah, you want to think more about it, put in the repeat. Because there's some app of repetition, you can repeat that. And you, you're stuck in traffic, but you're stuck with the Quran, which is the best company you can have. And all written for you that it, in the Day of Judgment, that that moment of reflection, that you stay in the traffic for one hour, it will be the best time in the Day of Judgment in your book. Okay? You are in the plane. Okay, put your Quran, the English, notebook, and write notes. The people like watch a, a movie. No in flight movie. movie for you. Sure. Huh? Right? No in flight movie, right? No, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, a person 37 feet high, southern feet. Yeah, you do something beneficial. <laughs> You're hanging there. Literally no. hanging in the air. Yeah, hanging on the air. Seriously. <laughs> For uh, that's one thing you can do. Uh, one of the things also you can do with the children is that you ask them to read and ask them what they think. Of course, they might give you a wrong answer. They might think about something that's too far from what it's supposed to be. But that's what way. Even when you correct them, then they stuck with them because imagine if they read it by themselves. You know, one of the things that my sheikh used to say. You uh, used to ask him, why are you asking us? No, we're not ulama, we're not, we ask for tafsir. He said, either one of the two things, either you have it right, and alhamdulillah, or you have it wrong, I correct it for you, because maybe you've recited, read it by yourself, and you never thought about it in the right way, they have a problem. Now you know that you need to read tafsir, you need to read, uh, seek understanding, don't depend always on your understanding, you have to make sure linguistically is correct, Make sure the, the right meaning of it is there. Then your contemplation is extra. In other words, you have to have a base. And then you build on that. When you, one of the benefits of English translation, actually, those who are recognizing English translation, more likely you are not making a mistake of understanding the meaning unless you have an English problem with the translation itself. Because the person has done the job for you. One of the things that benefit of translation in English, believe it or not, it, it took a shortcut for tafsir. Because the English reader will read the word that maybe Arabic reader has a problem understanding it because it is, is not fluent in Arabic as the time the Quran was revealed. Like, if you open now, if you read Talhim Mawnud, you will read it's banana. You know what I mean? Because the English said banana. But the person who read it in Arabic, he will not understand what talh is, is banana. But you understood it. Okay? Therefore, that person have done the job for you. Most of the time, Yusuf Ali, Rahimullah, Muhammad Asad, Rahimullah, Piktal, Rahimullah, Jameel. They did the homework. 
therefore that's the benefit of English and on a on a daily basis I know you mentioned earlier even if it's just a half a page I noticed you didn't say reading I noticed you didn't say reading the Quran you mentioned contemplating the contemplating. Quran so so this obviously goes deeper than just yes. doing the Arabic right yes read the Arabic read the English read the footnote read the tafsir if I could just interject, because that seems to be a lot of like a, 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 um, a difficulty that a lot of people balance, uh, finding balance in, especially those who don't um, understand the Arabic language, because there's this idea that like, well, uh, I should focus on the um, the actual recital of the Quran or the memorization of the Quran, or I should be focusing on the the contemplation or the understanding the meaning of the Quran, and then so you have two different camps saying like, you know, why should you even memorize the Quran or recite the Quran, you know, if you don't understand it, and then then, um, and then you have people on the other side saying, like, well, it's also there's so much there's so much spiritual value just in reciting the Quran itself, the word. So, how would you like, you know, um, uh, you know, advise people in terms of finding that balance? Because you know, it's either 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 both are or have a lot of value. Yeah, you're a very good point. I actually, what what I think that people need to do is that listen to Quran itself brings you comfort. You have to remember that. Therefore, you can have some of you word of uh, the Quran is listening to it in the car, for example. Listen to the Quran, the beauty of it. Listen to it. The memorize even repeat of the. If you want to memorize particular verses of Quran, that use that time, or use time after Fajr for memorization and reflection at night before you go to sleep. Okay. Divide your day. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's difficult for people to do daily thing, do it weekly, like Sunday, make your Sunday or Saturday of your Quranic study. And take one hour in the morning. You know, we take one hour for exercise, you know, like we go to the gym for one hour and that kind of thing. And we want our muscle to be strong and to lose that weight and so forth. We need to get rid of the waste, of the spiritual waste. You know, <laughs> we have big spiritual ways. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. The spiritual, there's so much spiritual ways. You need to get out of that. Get out of that. Therefore, you need to have a spiritual diet for an, an exercise. For a person should should select a time where they can do that. One of the things I, I realized that um, helpful when you have intention that you want to share this surah or this ayah with somebody you love. It makes you become more serious of studying it because you want to make sure that also you're not sharing the wrong information. Mm -hmm. It, it motivates you, excites you, and so forth. And if you have a Quranic buddy with you to say, even a friend, a distant friend, to say, how about you and I studying Surah Yasin? You know, memorizing Surah Yasin and studying Surah Yasin. It starts with a project like that, has a beginning and an end. Then it starts with another project, Quran Pesha, beginning and end, like one surah at a time. Okay? Uh, memorizing one juzo. Like something, you know, uh, motivate you, have a goal and objective, and you feel a sense of accomplishment and achievement that you have studied that, you have learned that, and so forth. And you have almost like you can have like a training, it's like a training partner. You yes, know, they, exactly. They, they, you know, the days you're sort of lagging and sort of flat, like yeah. they yes. push you on and vice versa. Right? One of the things um, that I know Sheikha Zainab has mentioned before is it really helps with 
um, contemplation when you personalize the Quran. And the, re- the, the way she, she's talked about that in the past is you read the translation and you actually write your own personal reflection. But that process of writing helps you, or now, I guess you could say nowadays typing, right, can help you process your thoughts and connect to the Quran. Now, I think one of the hindrances people have is that when they start that process, they don't want to make ahkam or rulings. They get, they get, you know, intellectually they're like, I, I'm not qualified to approach the book because I, I can't derive rulings from it. I shouldn't. I don't have the proper prerequisite knowledge of tafsir. Um, what would you say to somebody like that that says that? Oh, I have too many. Yeah, I don't have enough knowledge to even approach the Quran. Um, so how can I personalize it for me? You know. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's so much resources now to unlock the meaning of the Quran. As I said earlier, for a person reading English translation, it's very helpful for him or her to, to understand that somebody has done the homework for you. Unlock those words from Arabic language to English. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes only what you need to do is to compare uh, translation sometimes. Um, but but I found very interesting that many people who accept Islam in America, many people, I think most of them, they think it's Arabic. Okay, the Quran can guide those people. Yeah, in English. And, and the, <laughs> the, in English, and they change their lifestyle completely, one hundred eighty degrees. It's gonna do it for you as a Muslim who's English speaking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> therefore it is. Uh, it's very clear to me. But. Uh, but I encourage people to study Arabic. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to uh, connect to the Arabic programs in the area or uh, distant learning and so forth so that uh, they maintain the connection with the Quran and the children can maintain the connection with the Quran. Um, maybe one of the things that is the person to remove the fear and the psychological and emotional uh, you know, obstacle uh, or, or this uh, um, kind of hesitation approaching the Quran. Uh, because the Quran is a book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be hesitant to say, uh, if I come to Quran, maybe I'm not understanding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it easy for people to remind people. Uh, you know, one, one of the people accepted Islam in this area, uh, you know how he accepted Islam? He was reading the Quran and read the ayah, Aina dathabun. Where are you going to go? Where are you going? He said, I'm not going anywhere. I would like to become Muslim. That's what he said. Exactly. He said, this ayah brought him to Islam. Another person, also in this area, subhanAllah, compared, he said, uh, when opened the Quran, uh, in after Surah Al-Fatiha, you went to Surah Al-Baqarah. And uh, the Quran says, there's a book with no doubt. And he said, listen, who would speak like that? <laughs> you really? No doubt? Then he read the whole Quran and he said, I found there's no doubt in it. That's how he said it. But it's very important to, to think about the, your emotional state, psychological state. Prepare yourself emotionally, psychologically to approach the Quran by saying to yourself, follow I'm going to approach the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to seek guidance from the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want Allah to open my heart to it. I would like Allah to have me to connect to the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have me to love the Quran. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make dua and come to it and you see wonders will happen. Yeah. Shazakallah khair. Shaykh, 
there's really some beautiful points there, I think, for all of us to implement in our lives. Um, and I uh, really thank you for taking the time in your busy schedule and allowing us to have this um, conversation with you about connecting with the Quran. And I hope it was beneficial for all the listeners. It certainly was beneficial for me. There's certainly uh, several points that I'm going to try to implement myself with my family and I'm sure for you too. Yeah, no, I took I took over a page of notes. <laughs> I just and, and east, yeah, I saw you writing and writing, right. So I want to thank all the listeners for joining us again for another episode. Be sure to share the podcast with friends and family, anyone you think may benefit. Give us your feedback. You can uh, tweet at us at Iman Wired and send uh, an email to us at imanwire at elmadinatsutat.org. And uh, until then, we'll see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you. As-salamu alaikum.